Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, Rod. Double G here with Rod. Coach Singletary would not have been happy with uh, today's game if he wanted winners because the 49ers, in fact, did not win. They went into Atlanta and kind of laid an egg, but I also feel like Atlanta played really, really well to the point of, I think, uh, Marcus Mariota only had one incomplete pass the entire game, which seems ridiculous considering he's Marcus Mariota. But, uh, yeah, the I mean, the 49ers just got their butt kicked. I'm, I'm not even sure, like, there, there, there's some, I'm sure there's some emotional fans saying, like, oh, you know, they, they did it to us again. They got our hopes up, and, and, and maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. But ultimately, with the injuries, with how well Atlanta played, it, the Atlanta's offensive game plan was tremendous. Um, I don't know. I, I I guess my first. OK, so here's my first point, which is uh, something that you and I talked about. Uh, I don't believe you believe in trap games, but this had all the feelings of the Niners kind of trying to get healthy for next week's game against the Chiefs at home on grass and not really giving this game away. You don't give away games in the NFL, but kind of going like, yeah, we're going to go at it with maybe not not our full boat here and we're going to try to get healthy for you know the future well that definitely seemed to be the case that you know obviously if it was a playoff game there probably would have been a lot of players who did not play today that probably would have gone so in as far as that goes yeah um they they just bullied us you know that to me that's like the worst way to lose is when a team is like just running the ball down your throat and there's nothing you can do to stop them. And that's what that was. I mean, they just lined up and beat us, <laughs> you know, that was, that's what it was. And yeah. That was the, that the, pretty demoralizing. <laughs> the, the ability for them, because if you, if you look at the stats, like this, their, their stats are not gaudy in any way. They only averaged, 4.2 yards a carry, and most of that was because May, uh, Mar- Mariota was 6 for 50, so he led the team in, in yards per carry, but Huntley and Algier, 3.7, 3.4 respectively, but what it did is it gave them third and short because there was a couple moments in the game where I was like, okay, let if we want Marcus to be Marcus, let's create some you know, third and longs because then He's going to have to survey the field and make some decisions and, and throw the ball. But for most of the game, they were just constantly in third and three, third and two. And then we'll we'll talk about this uh, in a second, but I, I call it the old okie doke. He's able to trick the defense a little bit. He, he's looking for ends to, you know, to crash. And if they crash, then he keeps the ball himself. And so there were things that they did where they took, you know, the 49ers defense, obviously missing a Nick Bosa. You know, there were some moments where I don't think Mariota could have done some of the things that he did if you have a Nick Bosa on the field because Nick Bosa is just as valuable in the run game as he is crashing the uh, the passer there. So I, I feel like 
their ability to just kind of be patient was was really key because that's how the 49ers win games, right? Is the 49ers stay patient if uh, you know Jeff Wilson gets four yards per carry and three yards per carry, then they're like at a third and three, which is manageable. And that's what Atlanta did. They never, I never felt like they thought they had to make crazy big plays to win the game. Their mentality seemed to be take what they give us and be happy with it and then play defense. And man, it, it was just patient football. And it just reminded me, I imagine when teams play the 49ers, they sort of feel how we feel today after yep. losing in Atlanta. Yep, that's for sure. And that was the thing that stuck out to me early in the week when I started looking at this game was how committed they were to the run. Um, and with our that was the thing that stuck out to me going into this game is with the, the challenges we were having in the, the middle of our defensive line. And then when you add the fact that Nick wasn't going to be there, you know, you had pointed that out even last week about how soft we were at times versus the run um, up the middle. And they really, really exploited that. And not with huge gashing plays, just, you know, two, three yards, four yards at a time. But, you know, they as stink kept mentioning in the broadcast um, Arthur Smith's um, willingness to just stick with that and take those small gains, you know, and not, you know, whereas some offensive coaches, if they're getting two and three yards of carry, they feel the need to abandon the run and start throwing it. But that was not the case with Atlanta. They just continued to pound it. <laughs> they just continued to pound it. And, and the Niners – they they kept their streak of somehow being unable to stop some of these guys, uh, these quarterbacks from from picking up big yardage. There was a third and long where uh, I, I was watching the game with my wife and I said, uh, I think I forget who who came in from from the side uh, who had ju- they had just sacked Mariota. And I told her, I go. Well, he's going to get there again, and they have to be smart enough to know that the second he crashes again, Mariota's not going to take the sack. He's going to try and run, and that's exactly what he did. He picked up like 20 yards, and I was like, if, if I can see that, like, how how were they not ready for it? But ultimately, it was just the the, the great ability for, for him to do that, and the Niners – you would think that after all the times that they've had to face Russ, that they'd be a little bit better at it just from a repetition standpoint. But this is constantly the way that you can beat them is, is with a mobile QB picking up uh third down. And, uh, and, and like, it's not like the, there were, there were very few penalties. Um, you know, there were a couple of penalties on the offensive side that were uh, a little, I guess you could say they were a little bit, um, at the wrong time, there was the nice play to Ayuk late when they were trying to, to make a comeback, and then that gets stopped. But, yeah, I just I, I cannot sit here and do the whole woe is me thing because there weren't many things that I saw from a mistakes perspective that caused them to lose. It was just like, oh, and I imagine some of the teams are that are watching this game they're like, huh, that's interesting. Like, we can also do that against this team. Now, injuries come back, guys come back. I, I don't I don't imagine any team is going to be 100%, so I think that's also a fallacy to believe. Well, when we get all of our guys back, no, you're never going to get all of your guys back. The, 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 the reason why the 49ers' defense is so good is because they have depth. These guys are, are, are going to play, um, and so – yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not really even that bothered because I'm just like, oh, they exploited something that I sort of feel like was good to get exploited because then, then it's something that the 49ers can can figure out and build upon and go, OK, here's how teams may start attacking us now. Well, I would have I mean, I, I have obviously I don't I'm not privy to the medical reports, but one would 
feel that at some point, some combination of Armstead, well, Armstead's injury is dependent on how they fix it. Seems yeah. like an, yeah. uh, uh, an injury that at some point he'll play. I mean, whether they're going to break the fascia and just let it heal or just let it heal, whatever. At some point, he'll be back. I don't know about Kinlaw. Um, and, you know, that's been a mixed bag even when he plays. Yeah. So I believe, and I've been talking about this in the forums for a couple of weeks now, that somebody like Indomitian Sue would be a – great option for what we need why is not why is he not on a team right now well he was a free agent and tampa didn't want to give him the money he wanted and now he's kind of in you know von miller um obj mode Mm -hmm. where he's just kind of trying to see how things shake apparently just trying to kind of see how things shake out and sign with somebody who got a shot to win another championship. So, you know, I don't know, make losses like this. I still think, you know, even with, this is a bad loss. We've had several bad losses. I still think this team is a good, you know, yeah. Is it mean in, in the weekend FC, we're still right there. I think, you know, so I would think we'd be in the running for somebody like that more. He might end up in Philly or, I don't know back in Tampa. Tampa, I don't know. They seem like they're teetering. Um, but yeah, so that's what the word is on him is that um he's just looking to, you know, be a late he didn't want to do training camp, you know, like most vets didn't want yeah. to do that. And, you know, now we're we're coming up on damn near halfway through the season. So yeah. That that'll be that'll be an interest that would be an interesting acquisition for us but we do need to address the middle of our defensive line mm-hmm. i believe um you could sort really... of sen- you could sense it with the linebackers right like the linebackers it's sort of it sort of seemed just watching uh they knew they needed to help in the run game and so yeah. they not to say that they were cheating cuz they cuz they're very fast linebackers but a couple of guys would be out of position just slightly and, and, you know, opened up a, a possibility for Mariota to make a play. And that's the thing that I think is, uh, you know, is, is maybe what I hope is that they, they're not going to have to do that too often to where, you know, if you get Bosa back, you get Armstead back, then that probably fixes itself. But that's what I noticed was like, they were like, Oh, we're going to have to make plays and maybe they were a little bit over aggressive on some of them and, and, and a little bit out of, out of position, but yeah, you know, the whole NFL w- was sort of up and down today. The, the worst team in the league from what a lot of people think, the Steelers, they beat the bucks, Mitch Trubisky of all people's making two, two third down throws. And then he runs, uh, he, he runs a, a sweep of his own. And that ends the game for Tampa had no Brady had no opportunity to get the ball back, which is, I think what everyone expected is like, okay, they're gonna have to punt. Brady's going to go 85 yards to, to, to score or whatever. Nope. He didn't even get the chance. And then the jets. Yeah. yeah. The jets beat the Packers. Like that was kind of crazy. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, the, the whole, NFL is sort of like upside down. The Giants beat the Ravens. They go five and one. And we'll see the Eagles and Dallas a little bit later today, how that shakes out. But to your point, there are not many great teams in in the NFC. Philly looks kind of like the the leader of that crew. Dallas's defense is going to keep them in ballgames. We we saw what the Rams look like. Not great. The Bucks, the Packers, they're all struggling as well. So this loss coming at this time in the season is probably not terrible because, you know, we're still going to be atop the, the NFC, no matter, or the NFC West, no matter what uh, after today. So again, another reason why I'm not too super bothered with this, even though it is frustrating, it's frustrating to lose to a team that, you know, you are, you're, you're supposed to beat. Uh, They were at home. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it is. It's more frustrating than anything else. And they're and you know, they're stacking up. 
you know, you we we've got, in my opinion, we've got three bad losses now. You know, we should have beat the Bears. We should have beat the Broncos. We, you know, I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I know, but come on now, we were better than all of the, all of those teams. Oh yeah. We, oh yeah. We, we should have won those games. And what you just hope is that you don't get to the end of the season and it come down to, you know, you're a game out of the playoffs with because of, you know, and then you sure. look back, you look back and say, well, if we had just handled our business one of those three weeks or something like that. Um, and yeah. then, yeah. Making it tight. If you don't win the division, then you're going to have to do what they did last year which is get hot. I think in this case, as long as they went to the, the division, I'm, I'm not as worried about the placement of, of where they are in the playoffs, but you know, because the division is so weak, it gives you a little bit of a cushion yeah, where right. hopefully a game like this do- doesn't hurt. But then again, we could go and we, we could, uh, the Rams could come into Santa Clara and beat the Niners. And all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're kind of in the same thing. So yeah, you don't want to have too many of these because of, you know, it's it's a nine and eight NFL <laughs> right. and where everybody has a chance, you know, except for their truly, truly bad teams. But uh, we got a a question. And, and I think this is a little bit of uh, frustration from uh, Gallo 209. He says, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Coleman are garbage. Are they ever going to play uh, Mason? And so we had this conversation about Wilson last week, which is. What a Wil- difference a week makes. Right, exactly. <laughs> w- Wilson Wilson isn't dynamic, but he is a really good backup. You don't lose uh, as much maybe as, as other teams by going to Wilson just because he's a steady hand and he knows this offense, and now he's got that burst back. I was really disappointed in, in Coleman. I thought Shanahan was going to utilize him out of the backfield a lot. I, I cut in my in my fantasy, like in my 49ers fantasy, Shanahan and Coleman. This is kind of like a let's get our old team back kind of game. And so I thought I thought Shanahan was going to script some stuff for Coleman to kind of, you know, maybe take a, a pass or like like last week where he goes one on one down the field. He wasn't in, he was barely involved. Even after the Wilson fumble, Coleman was barely involved. We didn't see Mason as far as I could tell at all. And uh, Davis Price either. I don't think he, I, I can't, I don't remember seeing him on the field. The Niners had four active running backs in this game. They also had Debo, who they didn't use in the backfield, but maybe one or two times. And it was mostly Wilson and a little bit of Coleman. And that was it. And I was surprised because I thought when I saw how active uh, all those guys were, I was like, oh, we're going to get. We're gonna get a, a couple guys coming in rested, and boom, you know they're gonna they're gonna hit a hole, and then Wilson will get some carries, and then they'll share it around. But they didn't. It was really Wilson and Coleman. But then, you know, in the second half, they're mostly uh, they're mostly in, in shotgun with with Jimmy gunning it anyways. But um, what I mean, I, I still think the fumble was a big. The fumble's really, I think the the key the key play of the game because it just flipped like. Not, if the Niners had scored, then you're like, oh, 7-7, like we're this is gonna be a tough game, but but we're gonna go back and forth. But you get down 14-0 like they did, and uh with the way that they were gonna run the ball, that that was a that was tough. And I thought that was the play of the game. But at the same time, that like Jeff Wilson Jr. is not gonna usually be the reason why you lose a football game. And I don't know if Jordan Mason is the reason why you're going to win a football game. So we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. But really, it's all about Mitchell coming back anyways. Right, right, absolutely. What That is what needs to happen. And, you know, it's it's kind of like I've likened it to with um, Mooney Ward, is that when you get your number one, you kind of move it, – it improves your team not only at that position – but you know it moves everybody back one. So Wilson is now your two. Coleman's now your three. Once you get Mitchell back and he's RB one, everybody else kind of moves a step back, which strengthens the team. You know it's you you are it's a problem. You know 
because Jeff Wilson, as good, even as good as he was last week, I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us believes he's a RB one no. in a, you know, in a perfect world. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. All right, so uh, my second point is uh, after my second point, the third point is really generic, and it'll just kind of let us talk about everything. But I wanted to focus the second point a little bit. Where do you, like how do you? Uh, slice up the pie here when it comes to what what we saw. Was it the Falcons game plan, the lack of depth on the Niners defensive line with everybody hurt, or were the 49ers just not ready to to deal with the, the Mariota stuff? And if they weren't ready to deal with it, it's kind of frustrating because they had, they knew it was coming. And I kind of wonder, like, do you think D'Amico Ryan's was like, well, our defense is just too talented and, and we don't have to worry about some of this gimmicky stuff. Like where do you have, how do you slice sort of the, the blame uh, on defense? Well, it just seems to me, I felt that we, we just didn't have the horses today. It, it, you know, we talk about our depth, but we were, you know, especially again, in the interior defensive line, we were really testing that. I mean, we were at, I, I don't I don't have this the snap counts in front of me, but we were asking a lot of guys who we weren't really counting on playing huge snaps, playing huge snaps today, you know, yeah. you know, no Ken Law, no Armstead, no, you know, he's not a, a obviously Nick's not an interior defensive lineman, but no Nick. Um, it's just you're counting on, you know, Kerry Hyder and a menu and, and uh, even Ebicom went out, you know, so we were counting on our depth pieces to be frontline players, which is always kind of a recipe for disaster. You want those guys to be able to mix in. You, you're not, you don't want to be counting on them yeah. for um, huge snaps. But then, you know, you also have to give the Falcons credit for um, seizing on that and, and exploiting that weakness. Um, that was, you know, they did what they were supposed to do, and we still had our frontline linebackers and – you know, although there there was there was just so much. This game is such an attrition game, mm-hmm. and you know we were losing guys. It was there was a stretch there where um, I think that was you that posted about you know we got the, who was on the field and who's standing on the sideline holding their helmets. I mean, it that it's just it was really stark. Um yeah. How how fast um, your death can be um exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Hufunga he went into the blue tent pretty much uh on the first drive. So that that would have been one. Um and yeah there was there was a couple of other guys who like right on that first drive the the injuries already happened. It was one of those things where you're like again, right? Like you're like we're dealing with this again. We don't get a reprieve on these injuries. And I think, I, I don't know, I don't know enough about it, but, you know, turf injuries versus grass injuries. The Niners injury luck has been really poor uh, in these last few years. And I don't, I don't think either of us are knowledgeable enough to know why. But when, you know, you start the game and you're like, you know, we, we, we've been talking about Hufunga uh, early in, in, in every podcast because he just stands out. I, I know he made six tackles, but it wasn't really a Hufanga game, right? It was uh, open opening drive. Hufanga, Tavares Moore, Ibukam, and Drake Jackson all uh, went to the sidelines with the helmet in, in their hands. That was just on the first drive. So yeah. whatever it is, you know, the Niners are a little bit unlucky with this stuff. But um, but the thing is, though, you know, if you uh, and, and that's a thing in, in the forums, you know with fans trying to assign blame for all the injuries. And like you say, I don't know, and we don't know, but 
What I do know is that from watching other games with other teams, that that attrition, it, it's the thing. It's not like something that is isolated with just the Niners. It just seems like this season in particular, injuries are really up. And then especially after the whole Tua thing, it seems like there really is an emphasis on, you know, if anybody, if you, if you if you go to the sideline and are in the concussion protocol, your chances of coming back are are pretty slim at this point because they don't want another, you know, PR situation more so than anything else. I, I heard somebody one one of the the national um, talk shows were talking about how even more so than the the injury itself to Tua, just the whole circus around mm-hmm. him getting the first what we thought was a concussion and then him playing five days later and then getting another one and that becoming not only a sports topic but apparently that was like on good morning america and that's what the league doesn't want they don't right. want those type of issues to become national issues and you know around you know, player safety and well, those well, type of things. Think about how these guys still talk about concussions, though. And it, it, I'm not calling out Jimmy for being insensitive in any way. I think this is just the football mentality. But he was on uh, Tim Tim Kawakami's podcast, and he said, yeah, you know, when Trey went down, we just thought it was a concussion, like ho-hum. And then we saw it was the ankle thing. And now I had to think about, oh, my gosh, now I'm – now I'm starting quarterback for the whole season. Like just it's still to these guys, like ah, concussion, you can, you can deal with that. We'll, you know, we're tough guys. We'll, we'll get back. That is still the mentality with, uh, with, with the players. And then you hear, uh, uh, Shanahan's like Shanahan opens the, the press conference with updates on the injuries. And he was like, yeah, Hufunga, uh, we were worried about concussion. He was fine. Uh, this other player, uh, yeah, we thought concussion, he's fine. And so it's just like concussion is still when it comes to the coaches, when it comes to the players and how they talk about it, it is not that they don't talk about it in the sense of like long-term injuries. They talk about it as like, ah, yeah, ankle sprain. He'll, he'll be back next week kind of thing. So that, that's interesting to see how players still see this stuff. And Um, and that is exactly why, you the the new concussion protocol was supposed to be different for just that reason is you know and that was the whole thing for me surrounding the whole Tua thing number one that first after the first one there was talk where he was talking about well i you know i you know it happened and then i said quoting him you know number one as a player you're not supposed to be in you, you should not be you should be completely removed from the decision process as to whether or not you're coming back and the players just shouldn't have a voice in that because we know just as you said where they're going to come down on this they're going to want to get back out there and steve we know young, right steve young told us he lied constantly about his concussion so that he could get back out on the field that was then, part of his you know his and then the team obviously has they they can't be trusted. So we were supposed to have this independent third party who obviously we can see isn't as independent as we thought they were. Right. So this this whole thing, like you say, it's not the players don't take it as seriously as it really is. The teams don't take it as seriously as it really is. And I don't know what the answer is. Um, but you know, I, I just, I hate the conversation around it because people want to say, well, these guys are, are like, there's some kind of informed consent. They, this is what they signed up for. And so we shouldn't care if they don't care. We don't, we shouldn't care. And that is just so cavalier for something yeah. that's so serious. I know, I know. It's, you and, know. and Shelvin mentioned, you know, Mike McDaniel caught heat for saying it was just concussion. Mike McDaniel, when he was in that press conference, he was like a deer in headlights. He did not know what to say. 
he looked like he was shaking a little bit. I kind of felt bad for him yeah, because uh, of that moment and the heat that he was under. It was like, well, this is <laughs> this is part of this being a head coach. Why you make the big buck? Yeah, exactly. And, and again, that like you say, that whole thing was what. Again, like I said, that that's what the league doesn't want is those that kind of look is what takes that from a football story to a news story, and the league just they don't want any part of that. That just it messes up the money for everybody if people start looking too deeply into health and safety and you know the things around that surround the game like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is a little bit more of a general broad topic that'll kind of let us go in a few different ways. What is there to learn about this specific game about this team? And and so I think we all know this. We don't have to learn this. We we knew this, but the Niners are not a team built to be down by two touchdowns. That mm-hmm. is just not the way that they that they mm-hmm. play ball. I will say when Jimmy had to get in shotgun, I liked I, I liked a lot of the plays that he and the wide receivers made. There there was many drops that I think could have could have really helped us get back into the game. There was the the McLeod one that was like right on his fingertips. Uh, that was that was a really good throw. Still, I, I just wish he would just hit this dude in stride and his <laughs> you know the whole thing. But that was a good throw. The Werner throw over the uh, uh, over the middle was a really good throw. Um, so there were opportunities there. I think he missed. He and Kittle kind of got mixed up in in the corner of the end zone. Kittle kind of cut the route short, and Jimmy threw it like he was going to the corner. So there's stuff there that they can continue to work on, but they, they just don't normally – this is not normally how they play football. I think you look at the two interceptions by Garoppolo um, – one of them was at the end of the half. I don't really consider that mo- anything more than a punt. But when they're coming back, you know, we talk about these Jimmy throws. That was a Jimmy throw. And I know he would take that one back. There was probably pass interference on that, which they picked up the flag on. For some reason, that, that has still not been explained to me. Um, but that was the one where you're like, I, I, I thought... For what they did, not uh, again. The offensive line also blocked fairly well uh, in this game. I, I I didn't see Jimmy really have to run for his life at all. He he made one bad throw that kind of is the is the thing that we're going to think about. But I also thought he made some good throws. He made some deep shots. If he would just connect with one of these deep shots, the one to Ayuk gets gets taken away. There are things that you can take away from from this game from a Jimmy perspective, but when they lose twenty eight to fourteen, ultimately you're just like, eh, they weren't, you know, they, they're just, you know, padding stats kind of things. But I, I think there's some positives that he could take away from this game when it comes to opening things up when they need to. Yeah, but you know, still, you know, I'm again, it's not. This is not not a bash Jimmy thing at all. It's just. 40 attempts does not play to his strengths. That is, that's just, that's not where we want to be. They want to be 18 of 27 for 200 yards. And that's, and conversely, we, again, but this goes to your initial overall point in, in that we're not built to be down 14 points. We need to get way more than 16 Russia tips. We just, That 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 product mix doesn't work for us for, you know, 40, 40 pass attempts and 16 rushes is just not that's just not 49er football. Nope. Nope. 50 50 yards on the ground uh, is not going to cut it for them. Three point. We're not going to win many of those games. It's just that, you know, that's just not how we're built, you know, Um, and, and like you say, you know, even. And even under those circumstances, you know, our line, the the deep, the offensive line stood up pretty well. You know, all things considering, we threw it 40 times. But again, their strength is not pass blocking. So as you move forward, 
if we put ourselves in those type of situations, it just it sets up for Jimmy throws. It sets up for the pass blocking, not holding up. Um, those are those are identified weaknesses of our team. And the more times you put yourself more, more bad things are going to happen than good things are going to happen. If we are in those circumstances, so four four QB hits for the Falcons and no sacks. So he didn't even go down one time. I know he got, he had to step up and, and, and run a couple of different times, but you would did have that one that would have been a sack fumble actually, but we got called back for the penalty. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, but, I, I don't, yeah, I don't but, know what the hell he was doing on that one. <laughs> he, I think he, he thought Kittle was there to shovel the ball to again or something. Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. Um, so from the perspective of, uh, obviously, the run game wasn't there. We've talked about the defense. The secondary wasn't even really tested. Like, a lot of the Mariota stuff was... You know, was quick stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not like he was in a five-step drop and letting mm-hmm. the ball go. So, so you can't really take much away. Uh, I guess you you could say though. Um, do we know if Sam Sammy Wol- Womack is related to Bobby? He's got. He's like I. I don't know if Bob uh, Womack is a is a common last name or not, but mm-hmm. um, they they attacked him uh, on one of those yeah. touchdowns, mm-hmm. uh, and he. <laughs> That there, that was a moment for him. I'm sure that that uh, he's going to be watching uh, on tape and and everything because there was a there there was a um, was it a run to his side mm-hmm. and then he got flattened by one of the O line O linemen and then the touchdown. You, you posted about it. There he had like it was a sequence there where yeah. he had a couple of plays in a row where um they just weren't. That he didn't have his best, you know, it, he was exploited yes. on like a couple of plays back to back, a run play and then a pass play. That, that it, w- it wasn't a great sequence for him, a great drive for him. Yeah. And then, you know, Mooney Ward being hurt with the groin. What's up with these, all these groin injuries? And I guess, I guess the groin injury is probably somewhat turf related. You don't really hear about the groin stuff a, a lot other than when these guys are, are on turf. But um, I guess the only other thing, and if you want to take away a positive, and this may be giving away my, my player of the game here, um, Ayuk caught two touchdown passes. Yeah, he was good. When I when I looked at his stats, I just assumed he had many more uh, yards than he did. But I think he caught eight balls. Uh, he caught two touchdown passes. He that there was one that 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 he he dropped. That was, I think, it was a third down throw that he probably should have caught. Um, but ultimately, you know, he was the guy that that Jimmy was going to, and so he was getting open. Jimmy was co- very comfortable with him. He like he had more targets than um, I'm looking at the targets right now. Uh, he had 11 targets. Kittle and Debo had 10 each. And so, you know, he sometimes he can be a little lost in 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 the offense, but especially earlier early in this season Jimmy is looking for him and Jimmy is comfortable throwing to him uh he's really good on those slants or those posts over, over the middle and I don't know I don't know if it's his best game as a four Dan era we could probably go back through through uh, some games and 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 see like maybe more explosive plays but man from a consistency standpoint I thought he was really really good today as was Kittle Kittle was much more Kittle wasn't really a targeted guy. He was much more of a safety valve kind of guy uh, today, but he looked fast. He he was tough. He's running dudes over. Uh, so all of those things were, were, were on the positive end, but um, that's the only other thing that I'm sort of looking at as like, what, what did they do? Well, well, I thought the, I thought the receivers played pretty well. And D, I don't know that I don't, I don't feel like Debo is, is, is really, really in sync with, with the offense yet though. Um, he seems, he doesn't get open on some of the plays that Ayuk does. And a lot of his catches are still coming on screens and on short things that they expect him to take, you know, to the house. And he, he is like one guy though. He He's like, 
he's running and he's like, if he just gets by this one guy, I think he's gone. And then, you know, he's, he's getting tackled by the, by the shoestrings. But uh, I still think we're going to see some really, really big Debo games that we haven't seen yet. And if Ayuk stays consistent, if Kittle is back, I think those bode well for the future. But ultimately, if Jimmy's got to throw this many times and he's got to target those yeah. guys this many times, it's probably in going to be in games like this or, or in shootouts. And I don't, I'm not as confident in those kind of games. Not at all. But that, you know, when you talk about what we learned or things that are positive is, I mean, I don't know that I want this many pass attempts, but I do like the fact that, you know, Jimmy did kind of spread it around, you know, it, you know, 11, 10, 10, and then even Juice got into the act with four targets. So, I mean, you know, I mean, if you you maybe want that to be 25 instead of 40, but if the, if the, if the distribution is, you know, equal going forward, that, that's a good thing. You know, it doesn't allow teams to um, – you know, it punishes teams if they want to double either Kittle or Debo or, you know, any, any, if anybody's getting doubled, you know, it, you know, the willingness to distribute it to other people um, just strengthens the unit. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is a that that is definitely a positive, I think. All right. So for player of the game, I. I... Gave mine away already. I think I'm going Ayuk uh, just for the fact that, you know, the guy, first time in his career he's gotten the end zone twice. I think that is major kudos there for him. Still, still a very young player. And, you know, defensively, I, I don't know. A man who had a nice sack. I know Drake got, uh, got a sack as well. But ultimately, uh, the defense wasn't playing really. to their to their strengths. The, the one the one other player who kind of stands out, and if he catches that ball on the deep play, uh, he he could have been the player of the game, and, and that's Ray Ray. But mm-hmm. uh, outside of Ray Ray and uh, and Ayuk, I don't, I don't really see too many other guys. But maybe you have mm-hmm. another guy. Not at all. Um, you know. Warner's always going to have a lot of tackles, but it, it really was just more that had more to do with the fact that Atlanta was running so many plays yeah. <laughs> more so than anything else. So, yeah, um, you know, I guess honorable mention would be Ray Ray. He had the, the big pump return. Um, that was that was good to see. But, um, yeah, it's definitely I. Yeah, I was look. I was looking at the time of possession, so. I know the Niners held the ball late and and made this a little bit better, but 33 to to 20, 33 and a half to 26 and a half. Uh, When it came to total plays, it was about even, but again, that is because the Niners had the ball uh, late at at the end. And then that evened it out a little bit. Uh, But yeah, you know, other, other than that, like it was, there, there were the two, you know, there was the fumble, which was the big play. And then there was the, Jimmy throw that was the 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 turnover that you want back. But otherwise, like penalties, five for 30, five for 40, kind of a clean game. And it was, you know, not not things that I can really point to and go, that's the reason why we well, we just got beat. Well, just, it's, it's really, I think you're right. It's the fumble definitely was the play of the game, I think. Yeah. And then secondly, the other story of the game was simply the attrition. Um in game, I mean, you know, it, you know, it was, it, and it, I think it just, it was more so than the volume of injury. I just think that the, the, the way it, it set the tone early, like you say, during the first drive, it was like a mass unit, yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. and it, it that just kind of, you know, I felt like it set the tone. We we lost McGlinchey for a bit there, and. My man, whoever that you know, Hans, he, <laughs> he immediately was giving it up. So, um, yes. yeah, yes. it's it's just you know, you can only be so deep. I mean, it's just it's in 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 a salary cap sport the way it is. When you start, you know, when you get anybody, if you get to your you know, some more is in, and you you get to your third and fourth tackles. 
you know, those guys just aren't good. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter. I mean, yes. you don't want those guys playing. Um, and, you know, we were in a situation with our defensive line where our 10th, 11th, and 12th guys, which, you know, are good depth pieces, but you don't want them playing, you know, 20, 30 snaps a game. That's just not – that's not conducive – you know, long-term to success. So for me, the fumble and attrition were the the takeaways from this game. Um, and I just will, will, I will look back on it and, you know, it was a rough, it's a rough loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Loss. So we look ahead to next Sunday. Now, as of this recording, uh, the bills are beating the chiefs nine, uh, seven, I believe at the half. Uh, so we don't know what what's what's ha- it looks like it's a it's a low scoring close game which probably leans a little bit towards the Chiefs uh, right now to to have that style of a football game, but this is a game that I think the Chiefs because of that Super Bowl you know a lot of people would love to see the Niners uh, play really really well and, and beat these guys. It sounds like Bosa and Trent Williams should be good to go next week. Shanahan said something to the to, to that effect, and uh, in his press conference, I personally not only because I don't want to see the Niners go three and four because then that changes things, but for this is kind of like a litmus test to me because I kind of want to see. Are they as really good and talented as I think that they are? Because the Chiefs are that, and maybe they're not as good as they were last year or the year before because they lost some offensive firepower, but they're still a team that you kind of hold yourself up to and go, okay, if we can play with these guys, we can play with anybody. So that's more or less what I'm looking forward to next week again i don't want to see them lose because going three and four is 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 not a good look but that's a this is a measuring stick game to me because i look at the chiefs and there are other teams like we said the bills and and uh, philadelphia and those are the teams you're kind of comparing yourself to but uh we owe we owe them a a nice one there and and i and it's at home and it should be a big game Mahomes is Mahomes. What time is it next week? It, it's a I, one one twenty five game. Okay, so it's a late game. It's or a late game. Late afternoon. And okay. you know, I don't. I I'm very excited for this game. I don't want to see the game get away from them because then I'm going to feel like, oh, my read on this team was, was maybe a little off, and they're not as good as I thought. So that is sort of my thoughts heading into next week. Definitely, and you know, for you know the. The strength of our team is the defense, and it's going to be even without the um, the loss of Hill is huge for them. But still, Mahomes is great, and it's going to be a great test for our defense. Um, you know, to see where we, you know, if healthy, when healthy, and Nick is there and whatnot. You know, we were talking about them as being the best defense in the league. Well, yeah. if they are the best defense in the league. Um, next week is um, would be one of those litmus test moments to show um, that you are, in fact, that. What do so, you think is going to be the point spread for this game? Because I feel like if the Niners took, if the Niners took care of business today, no matter what the Chiefs do against Buffalo. I feel like the Niners would have been favored by your normal three or or whatever, but losing this game, I feel like it could be closer to a pick or maybe they may even have the chiefs favored, which that's exactly what I was going to say is it could be anywhere. I think from pick to chiefs two and a half. Yeah. You know, that's where I think it would be. And like you said, I, I 100% agree that, um, we would have had at least the two and a half, three for the home field advantage, if nothing else, if we had won this week. I think that, um, you know, if nothing else, just the public sentiment yeah. will have us at either a pick or an underdog at home. 
All right. Well, that that's going to be a big one. And I think our Facebook page, uh, we have the links to the Facebook page. If you are not a part of our Facebook page in the actually in the show notes for this show, um, I think I think they're you know, I think some fans are going to be a little frustrated. But after after today, but looking ahead to Kansas City, it's a big game. It's week seven. We, you, you, we kind of start to learn things about the teams and if they're really good or not by week seven, week eight. Yeah. And it, it's kind of are who you are at this point. Right. Right. And, and so, yeah, well, we're going to have a lot of fun in, in the group and uh, in the chat next week, because I think sometimes these 10 o'clock games, especially for the folks who don't live in the Bay area and they're trying to figure out how to watch the games. We don't get a lot of uh, attention in, in, in the chat sometimes, but I think next week, because it's I, I would imagine it's one of the national games as well. Yeah. So there will be more eyeballs on this and we'll have some fun stuff during the week uh, with, with the Facebook group and then the chat and then you and I coming back. It's going to it's the biggest game of the season. So it's going to be a blast. And um, yeah, so in this feed also tomorrow, I will be back with my buddy Brad kind of following the Major League Baseball wildcard playoffs and the fact that the Dodgers lost. Yes. Um, and then on Tuesday night, the Warriors ring night open up against the Lakers and me and my son will be back after that game to kind of do a quick, you know, 30 minute post game, uh, thing. And, you know, there's the Jordan pool, uh, extension. There's the Andrew Wiggins extension. There's the Draymond non extensions. <laughs> There's so many things going on with the Warriors right now. It's it's ridiculous. But so we're gonna have a, a bunch of stuff all week, and then uh, Rod and I will be back next Sunday after 49ers Chiefs. So I had the opportunity to come to Vegas for a birthday party, and I brought all my stuff because I didn't want to miss getting on with you and talking 49er football. So just show you guys that it's really important to me. And I I just love the opportunity to, to um, share some time with you guys. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. But can you, before we get out of here, explain the shirt, where did you get the shirt? Um, It's a focal, a focal shirt. It's, you know, my little 49er um, Aloha swag. There we go. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Uh, so thanks uh, for checking in with us. Unfortunately, we couldn't bring you better news, but I, I did not want to make this an emotional podcast. I think there are very strong things to talk about based on this game uh, that were frustrating, but not to the point of like, oh, these guys are dumb. like the, I saw some of the Twitter stuff. So, yeah, um, you know, yeah, but that always you know, happens. That always happens after yeah. after you lose. So. Kind of reactionary. Everybody's yeah. trash. Everybody yeah. should be fired. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there, there, there was stuff to take away from this game. And again, Atlanta just played extremely well. If they yeah. Yeah, we and, and la- we'll end on this thing, but we kind of saw it last week with how they played Tampa and they kind of got screwed in the in the end there where. Yeah, I, I, I think they are frisky. Yeah, exa- that's the best word for it. So, okay. Uh, so we'll be back next week. And like I said, listen to uh, look for shows in this feed and on YouTube, all of all of our stuff, except for the red and gold standard is also live streamed on YouTube and the page and everything again in the show notes. So for Rod, I am double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.